Hello and welcome back to another episode of Raw and Real with Stephanie Fernandez. I'm Stephanie, your podcast host. I'm a rapid transformational therapist and founder of Your Freedom Program. I work with women who want to take back their life, returning to themselves on their healing journey. In this podcast, we give the stage to women who overcame adversity and trauma or difficult phases in their life. Be ready to get raw emotions from real people. The stories we share here are to inspire women just like you, that anything is possible. In today's episode, we will be talking about infidelity, the act of being unfaithful to a spouse or a partner, either sexually or emotionally. Cheating is fairly common. Couples do and can stay together after an affair, but it takes a lot of work to repair broken trust. Most couples don't recover when one cheats, but those that do can emerge stronger from having gone through the process of recovering from the affair together. Those who've discovered a partner's affair are traumatized. This is actually called post-infidelity stress disorder or PISD. Those affected may feel grief, anxiety, depression, stress, mistrust of others for a long time after the event. Today's guest is Laura Cheadle. Laura's husband cheated on her for 15 years. And today, Laura is a betrayal recovery coach and helps women overcome the devastation of betrayal and confidently engage in life again. Hello, Laura, and welcome to the show. Hi, thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited that you're here today. This topic is so important, happens more often than we think, and it's also so close to my heart. You know, losing confidence and doubting one's self-worth are just a few negative effects of infidelity. And I'm particularly interested in hearing how you reclaimed your identity. Please tell us your story today. Oh, it, you know, it's, it's such a long road and it's so hard. And even when you were telling the introduction, I just want to point this out when you said, you know, Laura's husband cheated on her for 15 years. I even now will still feel like the shame around that. Like, wh where was I? Why didn't I notice? How could that happen? What was wrong with me? It, those thoughts still rush in even though I have done a lot of healing work, even though I am mostly healing, I just kind of wanted to start by putting that thumbtack there and saying, it is so impactful. And no matter how far away from what we are, it's such a difficult balance between trying to acknowledge as a human, what I did that contributed to some things versus what I did what I didn't cause. It's so, it's so challenging because here's the thing. We're all human. Relationships are not perfect. I thought we had a really good relationship actually. And it was really challenging for me not to look back on everything that I did wrong and think, oh my gosh, I caused that. What helped me differentiate was I didn't cheat. My husband did bad things to me too. 
he made missteps in the relationship. He was tired, angry, grouchy, just like I would get tired, angry, or grouchy. I did not choose to cheat. That for me was where that line is, that both people can make mistakes. Both people are entitled to make mistakes. It's the choices that we make in the face of those difficult decisions that makes us who we are. And that really actually began making me feel more and more empowered. I made good choices. And then sometimes I would be really proud of myself. Like I made good choices. I raised kids. I ran a business. I took care of a marriage. I I had friends and I made good choices. And then on the flip side, sometimes I would think, holy cow, how lucky am I that I wasn't damaged enough or that I didn't have few enough skills that I would consider making those choices. And then it would cycle me into such gratitude for who I was and the skills that I had and the choices that I made. And then I would start having some compassion towards my husband, like, oh my gosh, who are you that you really thought this was the best option? Because I knew he was a good person inside. I knew he wasn't a narcissist, a sociopath, a psychopath. And then it really started making me just feel very compassionate towards all of us as humans and the mistakes that we make and the choices that we make. And that's really where my healing journey began was getting, you know, like you were saying, real and raw with, gosh, life is messy. And sometimes we have skills and sometimes we don't have skills and nobody intends this impact, but boy, is this impact awful. Yeah. It's not a linear process, right? It, like life is a journey and you have setbacks and then you think you move forward, but just to find yourself two steps back again. But how did you experience those 15 years? Such, an, such a good question. I, for the most part, thought we had a really good marriage. We had a lot of fun together. We were both very busy. He traveled with work and I held down the fort at home. My job was very flexible. I worked part-time for myself, being a coach. I raised the kids. I took care of everything. And I thought, oh, when things are distant, when things are stressful, we're, it's just a normal part of life and it's okay. And, and I'll just be here and I'll just continue on. And then come to find out we had such different experiences of our marriage. That that was a very painful realization to realize I was experienced this as the normal ebb and flow. And he was experiencing it much different. And then I started feeling stupid. How could I have not seen that? Why didn't I know? I'm smart. My background, I was a corporate attorney before I pivoted to coaching and raising my kids. Why didn't I see that? And then all that self-blame and then that lack of self-trust. If I can't even trust myself to notice that my husband is out there doing this, how stupid can I be? What else am I missing? So it really immediately came back to you as there's something that you didn't see, you did wrong, and it was your fault. Yes. Oh, my God. Yes. Every single time it was, what did I do wrong? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Because here's here's the the sad part about it. I was trying my hardest. Mm-hmm. I couldn't 
I mean, of course we have bad days, but I was trying my hardest. I couldn't have done the marriage much better. Mm -hmm. So then that's why it really cuts to the core of your self-worth. If I couldn't do this any better, how, how much of a loser must I be? But you, it's such a busy time in one's life when you raise kids, all of a sudden the relationship dynamics completely shift. Yes. Your identity shifts. You yes. become a mother. Your job becomes secondary. Yes. You have conversations about, you know, cutting bread in triangles and talk about <laughs> play dates. Yeah. And it's so it's so tiring that in the evening you you are happy when you would just I'm not I'm not here to talk. I just want to relax. I just want to binge Netflix and don't do anything. And wow. it's very easy to lose connection in that very busy time of one's life. When we yeah. all do the best we can. Yes. But in hindsight, what would you tell yourself with all the things you know today? You know, what's really interesting about that question. I, I love that question. What I would tell myself is to have more fun, to receive more, <laughs> to not try as hard. Because ironically, if I hadn't have worked so hard at trying to be the perfect wife, trying to be the perfect mom, trying to have the perfect home and run the perfect career, I think it would have set me free a little bit to be more in touch with myself and where I was covering my pain and where more perceptive of my husband's pain and what was really going on in the relationship. And just to be more raw and authentic along the way and to get messier along the way. Yeah. What, what helped you to get through that time and to arrive where you are now? Yeah. Several different things. First of all, it was so important to grieve. It was really important for me to let my mind go to some of those dark places, to some of those really raw, painful places, and to purge and to sob and to not try to sugarcoat it because there's a lot that you cannot sugarcoat. And it was really important to grieve my lost innocence the fact that other women got some of the attention that I rightfully deserved. I really allowed myself to go into that victim place for a while to grieve. And then once I was in that place, I had this realization that he has taken away a lot from me. He's taken away confidence, self-worth, my memories. He's taken away so much and I am not going to allow anything else to be taken away from me. I am done. I have sacrificed for years and I'm done. So really that realization that it was up to me to take the next step. I, I couldn't wait for anybody else. Uh, it was all up to me. And that it was, all, it also became clear right away that truly that next step was was my choice that I had spent a lot of years, you know, like you said, doing everything for everyone, I, taking care of kids, volunteering. It was wonderful. It was fulfilling. It was great. But I was also just constantly reacting and being in the moment and just responding to what was next. I wasn't consciously creating 
who I wanted to be and how I wanted to feel and what I wanted from my life. And when I started getting to that place, I started getting really excited because it was like, oh, my kids are older. We've got all this gunk that has now been cleared out in our relationship. I now know exactly what was going on. He had a lot of childhood trauma. We started dealing with that. We started dealing with marital stuff. And it was so exciting because it was such a fresh start. And not only was it a fresh start, but it was a fresh start with all the skills that I never had before. Because, you know, really, when you have kids at home, when you're tied to a job, you can only do so much. And with everything blowing up, it was like, wow, I got to rebuild everything, not only my marriage, but my whole life. And who gets that kind of an opportunity? This is a gift. It's so empowering. Yes. So empowering, so exciting and such a shift of perspective. Yeah. So am I hearing you right that you guys are still together? You worked through this? Yes, we worked through it and we are still working through it. Um, it was interesting as my husband cheated for 15 years with five different women. And I really thought our marriage was good. We had fun together. We had a lot of really good times. We we're very compatible. And that's what made it so confusing. At first, I found out about one woman and I'm like, we are so done. You are out of here. It's over. Then I found out about the second and I was even more mad. And then I found out about the third and I thought, this is starting to not make sense. And by the time I found out about the fifth, I thought, okay, this, this might not be about me because I really did do a good job. I really I was always present. I'm, I'm smart. I'm capable. We had fun. What, what is going on with this? And it really did spark in me a sense of curiosity. Like, why would anybody cheat for that long with that many women? Something is wrong. And inside, even though I would have those dark thoughts that it's all about me, there was something inside that kept saying, this doesn't make sense. It's not that he fell in love with somebody. It's not that I you know, got sick and he was exhausted from caretaking. It's like, there's no excuse. There's no reason for this. And that curiosity opened me up to working things, working on things with him. And my compassion and curiosity then really got him curious because very soon into the process, he started saying, I don't know why I wanted to do this. I was so afraid that you would leave. I was so afraid that I would be left and you would be gone and I'd be left with nobody that when times were too good, I would kind of reach out for a backup. And then when we'd be struggling and times would be bad, I'd be so afraid that I'd be left. So I'd be reaching out for a backup. Interesting. Really interesting. Like when everything is good, there's nothing to worry about. He got cold feet thinking that something is going to happen, that there were no signs of anything going to happen. No. But he came back to the same pattern. Yes. And it, he is, he had a very traumatic and abusive childhood where they would get evicted from apartments. Every time things would be good, 
it would mean that they weren't paying rent and he would get evicted. He went into a foster home at one point because his mom could never show up. She was very up and down. They would get beaten. If things were bad, they'd get beaten. Sometimes just for no reason, they'd get beaten. So he's always walking around on eggshells. I didn't understand what that really meant for him, for me, and then for us in a partnership. I assumed he was this big, strong, you know, capable, manly man who had healed all of his wounds and everything was fine. And I never realized that inside he was very insecure. He was very afraid. And it just showed in a way that unfortunately hurt you. Yeah. But he never intended to hurt you. No, Mm. he was all about protecting himself. Yeah. And now all this experience, you use that in your coaching. Yes. Tell me a little bit about that. I'm very keen. I never heard of someone that is helping women to come out of betrayal. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely a specialty niche. And what it really requires is it's, it's, it's the process that I went through first, getting really, really clear about who you are. And are you standing in your integrity and what are your values and what are the choices that you make and where, where do you go when you're pushed? Where do you go when you're stressed? And then recognizing your partner as a fallible human being, what is their background? Why are they making these choices? There are many different reasons. Sometimes somebody does fall in love with somebody else. Sometimes somebody wants to get out of the marriage, but they're not brave enough to say, I want to get out of the marriage. Sometimes, like in my case, it's a history of trauma. Sometimes it's the belief that as a man, I'm entitled to this and manly men do this. You know, that that whole James Bond persona of conquest and conquering women. So that's the first thing I do with women is I work on really untangling them from societal beliefs and expectations, from the stories in their heads about what is a good woman worth? What does a good woman do? How do you have to be at home, in bed, at work, all that stuff? And then once they get very, very clear on, yeah, this is me, this is what I'm entitled to, this is what I am worth, then we move through some of the grief. We move through some of the rage because we don't want to carry that in our bodies. We move through the disappointment, the resentment. We move through all of those emotions that come up safely together so they can be processed. Then we start the process of figuring out, wow, what do I want? How do I want to feel? How do I want to show up? What do I want to create for myself in my life? How do I want to do all of this? And then that's where I think the most important two pieces come in, rebuilding trust. You cannot rebuild trust with anybody on the outside until you know that you've got your own back. And once you know who you are, what you, how you stand in your own integrity and what you want, you won't be able to trust yourself. And once you're really clear on that, then you know, I didn't pick the wrong man. I didn't not see something. I didn't make a bad choice. I just didn't trust myself. I didn't trust that intuitive guidance, those little emotional hits that I got. And then once you really are solid in trusting yourself, then you start trusting the world again and others again slowly. 
And then once you're in that place, that very last step is forgiveness. And the forgiveness not only is for your partner, but it's mostly for you. It's forgiving yourself for living this, forgiving your partner for being fallible, forgiving all of the mistakes where you betrayed yourself by not listening to your intuition, where you didn't allow yourself to process the emotion and just walking full circle around that whole package. When and where is it time for the decision? Am I staying or am I leaving? That's a tough question. And I really like to say that decision is something that needs to be made every moment of every day. I love that. I don't know why. I I feel a bit stupid, but I don't know why I thought that it's a decision and you stay with it, you know? Like, <laughs> I decide to stay with you and that's what I'm going to do. But of course, it can change. Tell me more about that. Yeah. Oh, yes. I decided, I, I didn't decide. I felt that there was more to the story and that I felt curious and I wanted to stay with my husband and figure stuff out, figure out what was going on. Like I said, I'm a lawyer. I need to figure this out. So I was choosing to stay as long as he was willing to work and talk and get vulnerable. Then I'm staying, then I'm staying, then I'm staying. We kept having fun together. We kept enjoying. I kept learning more about him and me. So I'm in, so I'm staying and I'm staying and I'm staying. There have been times too, where we have both been defensive and we have had really tough moments. And I will think I might be out of here. I might be out of here. This might not be something that I'm willing to stick with anymore, but we'll see how this plays out. We will see if this is just a bad place on an anniversary where we're feeling tough, or we'll see if he's out. And then he comes back in, and then I come back in. But I am never committed to saying one way or the other, if this happens, I don't know what will happen. Mm -hmm. It's not like I can say, if X happens, then I will leave. If Y happens, then I will stay. Are we both willing to keep dancing the dance? Yeah. If we're both willing to dance in integrity and honesty, then I'm willing to stay. So it really requires both the commitment of both partners. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And in the work you do, do you work with couples or do you focus on working with one partner? How, how is that? Yeah. Mostly I work with women. And the reason that I like mostly working with women is I really like that one-on-one -on -one deep connection of trust. Expose yourself to me. In my work, I talk about burlesque. And the burlesque, if you think about traditional burlesque dancing, it's the removing of layers. You take off the dress, there's a corset underneath. You take off the corset, there's a bra underneath. You take off the bra, there's a pasty underneath. And that's how we have to go into our psyche into our relationships, into our beliefs, one layer at a time, one layer at a time to get really raw, really vulnerable about who we are and what we want. And that's what I really like to do is to talk to women about, did this happen in your childhood? Do you have a deep belief that this will happen to all women? Do you have a deep belief that women are supposed to turn a blind eye to this? Do you have this deep belief that you're not good enough, that you're not smart enough? What is really going on? Mm -hmm. You know, and, and I like that real close, very intimate development 
that I, that, that, that women and I go through when we work together. Now that said, there have been times I have also worked with couples, just helping them understand and communicate with each other. Because sometimes it's really hard to walk around and see things from your partner's point of view. So I don't coach the couple per se. I can help them see each other's point of view, but I will always coach the betrayed partner. It's very rewarding, I can imagine. Yes, so rewarding. How can women reach you if they feel that this really speaks to them and there's something that they need in order to be able to move forward and reclaim their identity? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Couple of different ways. You can go to betrayalrecoveryguide.com and you can download your free betrayal recovery guide. You can also just go straight to my website, which is laurachedel.com and learn a little bit more about me and my practices and down, download some fun free meditations and things like that. Oh, I love that you have free stuff. It always gives a good impression of who you are and what women can expect from the type of work you're doing. Yeah, because it is emotional and we want to make sure that we're connecting with somebody who's our heart, who our heart resonates with. Yeah, I know. I love that. It's If we try to force like a coaching relationship that has usually very limited outcomes. Yeah, absolutely. I will put all of your uh, links in the captions. And guys, if you would like to connect with Laura, head over to the captions and check her out and connect with her. And if you feel that someone you know could benefit from working with her or her messages, feel free to share them. Thank you so much for coming on the show today, Laura. Thank you so much for having me. It was an honor. Guys, if you like this episode, give me a like and a review and share it with anyone you think needs to hear Laura's inspiring story. I love to hear the other side of infidelity. I love to hear how you came out of it and grew with it, not only as a couple, but as a woman and really identifying who you are. It's such a powerful message. Also, guys, make sure that you subscribe to this podcast for more inspiring stories to come. Until next time, at Raw and Real with Stephanie Fernandez. Bye now.